ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. So today we'll be recapping season two, episode 12, From Rushing with Love. And the episode originally aired on April 6, 2009. It was actually directed by the one and only Fred Savage. Isn't that crazy? Oh my Um, God. I love the Savage Brothers. I know. Wild, right? And the writers were Patrick Sean Smith and Matt Whitney. The IMDb summary for the episode is Rusty and Calvin each tried to recruit Andy to their respective fraternities. Casey and Ashley suspect that Rebecca may be a double agent working for Franny. This might be a dumb question, but what else? The Savage Brothers sound so familiar. What else did they direct? They're, They're actors. actors. So Ben Savage oh. was Corey in Boy Meets World. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And Fred Savage um, is in a bunch of stuff, but you probably know him as the little boy in Princess Bride. And oh I think, was he in Wonder Years too, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And he's also, I mean, he's in so much stuff. And I think he does a lot of directing too, but he was also in that show, Friends from College, which I loved. I thought it was so funny. He is dating Billy Eichner in the (laughs) show and they're so funny. Oh my God, I need to watch that. I recently saw it on like TikTok and I don't know if he still is, but I think Ben Savage was like running for like city Yes. Or something. Yeah. Or, or like in real estate, like one or the other. Yeah. No, oh. so I think it was city council. I'm getting um mixed up because I think his like face was on a bench. And- right. Yeah. I saw it on like a door hanger. Anyway, we start out the episode in the foyer of ZBZ and it's very much a flashback to the very first episode, the pilot, because the ZBZs are practicing for Rush and they're really like you get the sense it's Ashley and Casey they're really trying to prepare the girls for like what's going to happen with the ickies um they even have a new hand signal for behind their backs which is the devil horns so you can tell when they're talking to a girl who's showing interest in icky and there's a lot of girls in ZBZ that are kind of worried about how they should handle questions about how many girls left ZBZ and went over to icky and Casey is just, they're just kind of trying to stay, like, remain positive. They, they're they like, oh, well, you know, we don't want them anyway. And she's encouraging all the girls to stalk the Rushies' Facebooks and prepare for her skit night since that's the last time that they see the Rushies before they make a decision. I feel like in the real world, it's kind of an irrational fear, especially yeah. considering they have rush first semester ours was second semester and i knew nothing about anybody's reputation going in and i had been on campus a full semester granted i was like didn't think i was gonna rush and wasn't interested in it before but it still wasn't like i don't know especially before the social media age obviously they had facebook and stuff but how would these girls know well, I guess because, like, the ickies are trying so hard to dirty rush them. So, like, oh, maybe like, some of those, like, girls that they would be interested in would already be interested in icky. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it is kind of 
difficult to explain that half your sorority has left to join another sorority across the street. I'm just saying, how would they even know to realize half? Right. I think well, I, I agree with what you're saying. And also we yeah. can't underestimate Miss Franny. Right. I, I'm I have the feeling that Franny's like loving that and would be telling anyone that would listen. Yeah, like like Facebook notes. Do you remember those, do you remember how you could like make notes on Facebook? Vaguely. Oh I, I feel like she was publishing. Funny. Don't they also bring up the fashion week skit here? Yeah, they're like, and of course we'll be doing our fashion, our like amazing fashion week skit that we did last year because it was so successful and everybody loved it. And they're really like, they're kind of banking on that skit to like make a <laughs> powerful last impression on these rushies. And they get to dress like models. I'm so relieved, Erin, that we never had to do a skit. Can you imagine? I know. I mean, I would have been out of there with a fake doctor's notes so fast yeah. even though they were like really weird about any like I had a wedding at the beginning of rush one year and had to like miss some rehearsal days and they were like weird about it well work didn't count as an excuse <laughs> it literally no like your work schedule like if you had work scheduled during like a mandatory sorority event it you would still get charged a fine <gasps> so yeah. you basically were working to pay the fine. Pay off the fine, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, your sorority was your job. It was, that was kind of their mindset because some of them were working around the clock for free. Oh right. gosh, some That's... of them. I don't know any of those people. So weird. <laughs> no one on this podcast. Of course, now we see Rusty, and it he's at Capitao, and Capitao is having a very different approach to Rush, and their approach is that they don't remember that it's happening. Um, Rusty comes in hot to KT and he's like so enthusiastic. Frothing. And Cappy, yeah, he, he just like cannot wait to like talk about how they're gonna do Rush, despite knowing how it went last year, which was like it was non-existent. And Cappy starts off the meeting by talking about their plans for spring break this year. He's pitching Mykonos. He doesn't know where it is though. And Rusty is like, Oh, well, Rush starts the next tomorrow. And that's when the guys realize that they actually never even held elections because they. he says, Wade, what are we doing for Rush? And Wade's like, I'm Rush chair again. And that's when Cappy declares that all officers have another year of their positions. So Wade is like, okay, well, we're going to throw the same Rush party and just do the same thing again. And Rusty is just gobsmacked that they aren't going to be out there actively recruiting new Capitals. And Cappy then says that the guys that are meant to be in KT find KT and it's this thing called karmic synergy, which we hear quite a lot of in this episode. And I honestly wish we did not because I get sick of those two words. And um, (laughs) I mean, they just keep saying it. So get used to it. And the bells. Yes. Every time, every time Cappy is saying karmic synergy, Bieber is, Dinging those little finger bells together. Yeah, the little... Like symbols. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when Cappy says, okay, Rusty, you're in charge of ice for the party. And Pickle, you're in charge of cleaning up the puke. And Rusty is just like horrified that they're going to be doing the dirty work still for the KTs. But Cappy says that they're just post-pledges. They're not even active yet they're they're post pledges and until the fraternity has new recruits they're going to basically still be pledges and gonzo is notably missing yeah 
I wonder I moved what, on to bigger and better projects. Dave. I wonder what Dave was in to prompt them to add that line. You know what I mean? I'm trying what? to think of like yeah. when he came on the scene, you know? Right. This was what, 2008? Was so neighbors or what was it? It wasn't no, that that came out when we were in college. Yeah, he wasn't in neighbors yet. But like I feel like for them to add that he had to have been acting in something like bigger, you know, because they clearly said it as like a joke. I'm gonna look up Dave Franco 2008. Oh, wait, I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia. So in 2009, was he in anything? He was on Scrubs. Um, oh. maybe that's why. Yeah, and then he was shortly in 2010. He would have been in Greenberg, which was like a Noah Baumbach. Mm. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. When wait, when did Now You See Me come out? <laughs> oh, I think that was like, like 2010, 11. Okay, so Charlie St. Cloud was also in 2010, so it seemed like he just had a lot of projects lined up. Yeah, mm. yeah, he definitely couldn't be making an appearance as Gonzo. Interesting. So Casey and Ashley they meet Rebecca. It's very like reminiscent of like a deep throat style meet- meeting in the parking garage at CRU. They're like Rebecca's hiding behind a car and they're like looking for her. It's, it's abandoned. On, yeah, it's full on all the president's men. Like she comes up. All the senators' daughters. All the senators' daughters, exactly. <laughs> she comes up and she's very like sneaky incognito. And she tells them that Franny is planning a party after skit night with the Omega Kai's. And, and yeah, and it's just gonna be like wild. Ashley asks if they still have the crazy old lady living at Icky. And she's like, maybe we can get her to ruin the party. But Rebecca says that Franny (laughs) got Joan drunk and locked her in her room. So she's not going to be a problem. Rebecca says Franny took care of her. And Ashley Mm -hmm. is like, oh, did she kill her? Because that could definitely really help us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so... um, (laughs) Rebecca wants to see like oh so Rebecca has like a very different idea of what they should do next and she wants to kind of change the plan she wants to see who they can get to defect from Icky and come back over to ZBZ she basically wants to do what Franny did at uh at initiation and try to get the girls to come back but Casey wants to stick to the original plan remind me the original plan which was just to have her like stay as a mole and give them like information about her whole oh okay because they want like they just want to know like a play-by-play like who the girls are that they're looking at and all this stuff and Rebecca is saying like I think she thinks it's just not working very well and I think she's nervous that Franny is catching on or something so she's ready to like end it and see who they can get to take back but of course her and Casey probably doesn't want to be there that much longer right I wouldn't want to live I was going to say, I wouldn't want to live in that house. With Joan. So Casey and um, Rebecca like are just fighting. And of course, poor Ashley is in the middle of it. They kind of settle things. Like Ashley's like, let's just do both. Even though that doesn't make any sense. Because how is Rebecca going to leave but also stay as the mole? And as they kind of are settling things, I, we hear a car alarm go off. Or car alarms, or cars like screeching in the background. Like it sounds like they turn really fast or something. And as the girls look over, they look back and Rebecca's disappeared into the night. <laughs> and that really impresses Ashley. So <laughs> Rusty is walking through campus with Ben Bennett, and he once again is doing the most. He wants them to set up a booth like the clubs have set up to recruit. 
And Ben Bennett says like, we don't have to worry about that. We've got karmic synergy on our side. And out of nowhere, a football comes barreling through the air and it's about to hit Rusty in the face. And Andy puts his hand out and stops it from hitting Rusty. A knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. A beautiful Cal- soul. Yes. And Calvin comes like running over and he's like, oh, sorry, Rusty. Um, and as Andy goes to leave, Rusty tells Calvin that he really wants to rush Andy and that and Calvin's like, oh, do you have a crush on him? Because the way that Rusty is talking about Andy, like, like he put the stars in the sky. Like Rusty is like, he loves him. And well, and he like, bre- he like breaches the subject he- by saying, "Did he say anything about me at the lake?" Yeah, yeah. Say yes. And Cal- Rusty says, "No, I just have a rush crush on him." And Calvin says that Omega Kai really wants Andy because again, he's the top football recruit or whatever. But Calvin's still like a really good friend about it. He's like, honestly, like I just want Andy to end up where he'll be the happiest. He's pretty like chill about the whole thing. I also don't think he thinks that Rusty stands a chance at recruiting Andy, but. (laughs) Well, also I kind of feel like Calvin is aware that like Omega Kai's are very much not for everyone. Like he genuinely likes them, I think, but I, he like has the wherewithal to be like, these guys are an acquired taste. Well, they're so like type A too. Like not only are they like kind of not super nice they, i feel like they're very rigid at kt a cleaver falls from the ceiling or from the sky and it almost slices off beaver's big toe as he's walking in the door and it's um wade practicing his cleaver drop for when the guys walk in <laughs> as you'll remember from the pilot episode the guys are doing what they do to prepare for rush which is setting up for the party and Rusty finds Cappy out back and he says he thinks that he experienced karmic synergy with Andy that day. And he tells Cappy the story about the football. And Cappy's just like not excited about this. Like he just is not vibing with Andy. And he says, well, if it's meant to be, like he's pretty dismissive of Rusty. I mean, it must get exhausting. I Yeah, like I get it because... Rusty is annoying and deserves to be dismissed most of the time. But I'm like, why is this where you're drawing the line with him? Because Cappy has a lot of patience for his other antics. Part of me wonders if Cappy is like a little bit jealous. Oh, definitely. Because you um, think who was because yeah. he is doesn't like that both the Cartwrights like Max either. Max, he doesn't like it when Rusty has like a new person he adores. Because Rusty does, like, adore people. Like, he, like, he doesn't just, like, say, like, oh, that guy's cool. Like, he, like, puts them on a pedestal. Yeah, he's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So (laughs) now we are back at CBZ Rush. And the girls are abuzz because they've heard from Rebecca that she's finally come through, Casey says, with some good intel. That Martha Stewart's niece, Maya Stewart, will be rushing. Casey wants to focus all the top girls on her because, you know, they need to have her in ZBZ because that means potentially Martha could be visiting. And I think it's Betsy who, like, questions this. She's like, are you sure we're already outnumbered by the potential new members? Like, is that really a good idea? Casey's like, well, like, you know, yes, we really want her. And when the rushies like come through the door, they literally, the ZBZs swarm Maya Stewart. Like there's like five of them to her. 
And you see all of these girls in the corner, like on their phone, like completely left unattended. No one is talking to them. They're just kind of like so awkward in the corner. And Yeah, Casey, it's distasteful. yeah, Casey looks at Ashley and says, Maya better be worth it. And then her and Ashley both walk over to her. I question whether or not that would even be like the right way to get someone like that to pick you. Like it's kind of like aggressive. I wouldn't be impressed by that. Maybe one at a time. meeting the people that are like high up in the sorority. But if you throw like six of them at her at once, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, especially Yeah. if she has a celebrity connection. Like, I feel like Right. that would be a turnoff. She also kind of, the funny thing is, I feel like she kind of looks like Martha Stewart. Did you notice that? I mean, she has like blonde hair and like <laughs> a kind of bobbish style. Wait, Yeah. I also, I also thought they were saying Miley Stewart at first, which is the name of Hannah Montana when she's not Hannah Montana. And I was like, are they really throwing in like another... Like, Miley I, Stewart. I thought, yeah, I thought there were, I thought there was like a crossover about to happen. <laughs> that would actually Oh, be can really you imagine? good. I can. Yes. I don't know why. Like every time I hear the name Maya now, I think of another Nepo baby, not Maya Stewart, but Maya Hawk. So I was like, and she kind of looked like Maya Hawk. Um, Yeah, I guess Maya Stewart was one of the original Nepo babies. <laughs> yeah, she was. <laughs> I was watching, oddly enough, the Martha Stewart Christmas special on the Roku channel. And the first episode I put on, she had her niece on making cookies Oh my with gosh. her. Yeah, She isn't has, that funny? she actually has a niece. How funny. Was her name She Maya? actually has a niece. No, I forget what her name was, but they spoke exactly the same. Like the same kind of like intonations because Martha Wow. Stewart has like that very like specific way of speaking and the niece had it too. It was so funny. So at Dobbler's, Rusty is just like going on and on and on. to Calvin about how they're basically still pledges and Calvin is like yeah me too like he tells this anecdote about how he was like woken up in the middle of the night to get something I don't even remember and by Oh, the time yeah, like run out to the store and he didn't realize yeah and then that he was he wasn't so a tired pledge. yeah he was so tired that by the time he like woke up in line he was already like paying for it and then he realized you know I shouldn't even be doing this and that's when Evan comes up <laughs> Evan is so weird this episode like The next couple episodes, I'm like, Evan, baby, come on. is becoming deeply untethered I mean I guess that's what like a serious relationship with someone like Franny would do to you but like Yeah. the strings they're being pulled at like Evan's <laughs> Evan's unraveling in a really disturbing way like just it's not fun to watch him <laughs> so he comes up and he goes oh Rusty no hard feelings and then Rusty says my feelings are still hard. Yeah, because like of course, I not to ever be on Rusty's side, but Yeah, why he would there not be hard feelings? physically assaulted him, like, semi-recently. I don't know. Uh, He so you could don't have watch, killed like, him. horrible Like, he stuff. was, like, concussed. I, I know, there's no way that Rusty didn't have a TBI after that. Oh, my God. Um, It could have impact his impacted his polymer science. His brain, his beautiful mind. Yeah. And so they're sitting there and across the bar, you see Andy like raise a glass to Rusty. And I think Rusty gets up to go like walk over to Andy. Yeah, to go And flirt with him. yeah, Evan is talking to Calvin saying that he had previously talked to Andy. 
And he, Evan wants Calvin to step in and quote, close the deal with Andy. Like he wants Calvin to kind of be the one that like gets Andy to join. And this very much confuses Calvin. Like he's like, I think it would actually mean a lot more coming from the president of the fraternity if maybe you tried a little bit harder. Because he gives him a bid right there. He gives Calvin a bid to give Andy like right now. Right. Yes. And Evan just is like not interested in putting any kind of work in. Like he's like, no, no, you've known him. Like you should do it. I'm putting this on you. He's taking the exact opposite approach that Cappy is taking. I know. To to Evan's credit, he is trusting Calvin's opinion here for whatever reason it might be. At least he's like, okay, if you like him, go for it. Where Cappy is like, if you like him, I don't have a reason I don't like him, but no. (sighs) Yeah. We'll get there. So then we see Andy and Rusty at the bar and... They're kind of talking about KT and Andy says like they're talking about how Rusty is called Spitter and he's regaling Andy with the story of how he spit on the girl. Andy asks Rusty what his nickname would be if he joined KT and Rusty says it could be something like Andy-licious or cooler. Ew, that is the worst name possible. (laughs) It really is abominable. I would be so upset. And you can see like Andy's face. He's like, "Eh." (laughs) he gets the ick. He gets the icky. There's a reason that we never refer to Rusty as Spitter. Like I hate that. I was thinking that on this episode too, how we never call him Spitter. We never call him Spitter. And for me, it's a conscious choice. I think it's gross. (laughs) I don't even think about it because it's like, of course I would never call him that. (laughs) right it doesn't even really seem to fit him i think it's more of like he wants it to fit him yeah like he likes the origin story for sure but also like cappy almost exclusively refers to him as that so well i mean the kt brothers definitely do Mm -hmm. anyway now casey and ashley they're walking around campus they're talking about skit night they're also looking at the girls who are coming back to ZBZ that day um and it's like not great and they run into Franny who is so excited to tell them that they have 90 they got a 95 percent which I guess is their retention rate number yeah so they're talking about like the retention rate that ZBZ got for that day and it's a 68 percent and Casey says that like she's like I feel responsible for our first D plus and Ashley says, it's okay, we got 100% of the 63 on skit night. But I think they mentioned something like they got like 98 the year before, or like in the 90s the year before. And Aaron, this gave me such bad flashbacks to our bad rush year. Which one was that? Tell us more, if you can, if you're allowed I to. Think, I think the year that we were sophomores, our retention rate went down to like, usually for the first day, we had it in like the high like 90s and it went down to like 86 or something. And it was like really bad. Yeah, because that was the year we did snap bids. Yeah, it was really... We were in a very similar situation to ZBZ. We won a snap bid. I mean, very similar. Also, this is why I'm saying this about like, knowing the reputation was because when we joined, we were on probation and I had no idea that I was walking into a sorority that was already on probation. 
wait, sorry, Thomas, what did you ask? What is a snapid? A snapid, they talk about it in this because the ZBZs need 25 new members um, or they're going to have to do snapids uh, and or like raise dues or something. A snapid is when you haven't met your quota. So you, instead of formal recruitment, you basically do like a smaller version of recruitment with like designated girls that you invite, like you find an invite and then you can like offer them a bid. Yeah. And it's like much more casual. Like we mm-hmm. had, I remember we were like outside with like lemonade and stuff or something at like one event and just like talking to girls there in general. And then like there are only a few girls considering joining and there are so many more Mm-hmm. so it's like a whole different vibe um yeah and they're also usually girls that like people in the sorority know so like I when we did it, it was like people's roommates who maybe like didn't go through recruitment or hadn't been involved or like had tried and hadn't gotten in before or something so they're saying to Franny you know okay like cool I see you're 95 percent um but you know we have Maya coming back Maya Stewart's coming back and she says, oh, didn't you hear? Maya's a fraud and she got kicked out of Rush. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, why? <laughs> why would someone pretend to be her niece? <laughs> I know. So like, obscure too. Like, can you imagine if I was like, I'm Ina Garten's niece? Like, I feel like... Check- I would buy that though. I guess maybe that's why. It's like, it's kind of, you. Can't, it's hard to trace back. Yeah. I know. I feel like I like knew somebody who was kind of a pathological liar like that who would like <laughs> shit. Anyway, so now Rusty goes to the ZBZ house to seek shelter and ask Gazy about the rush issue that he's running into, his general frustrations. And he's saying, like, how should he convince Cappy? That he should be actively going after Andy. Which is just like, you're overthinking it. Cappy doesn't think about this. Just do what you want to do. Just do it. It's fine. Yeah, except for have then, a mic on you. But then he does what he wants to do. And it's literally the opposite of what any normal person would do. So well, yeah, <laughs> but, can't be trusted. but Cappy <laughs> wouldn't have given him good advice either. Even if he got Cappy on board, it would have been like also like untethered advice. And so Casey says like, you need to get him invested in the house. She says of Andy, you need mm-hmm. to get him invested in the house and get like seniors on board who are really interested in him um and rusty's saying you know he's like number one football recruit all of these whatever uh, whatever else he says about him in case he's like oh well he'll probably go for lambda or mega kai anyway so don't really bother (laughs) (laughs) so not great advice but not terrible advice you know she said get him invested so rusty goes to implement ashley and casey this whole time have been trying to get a hold of rebecca after the reveal that maya stewart was not in fact Martha Stewart's niece so that's when Ashley like rushes in and it's like Rebecca's ready to meet we found Rebecca Mm. oh right yeah the stairwell is creepy and Ashley and Casey bump into Rebecca and they both end up scaring each other both parties spook the other one and so Casey is now thinking that Franny is giving Rebecca bad info because Rebecca didn't know about this and 
like about the fraudulent Stuart heir. And she says, no, that's not true. And they're like, how do you know that that isn't true? And she says, because Franny let me use her hairbrush this morning. (laughs) The hairbrush from the Titanic. (laughs) The one that Leo uses to brush Kate's hair. In a deleted scene. (laughs) Oh, yes. In a deleted scene. Um, It's the real hairbrush. That's and so the funny. two girls gasp and Ashley's like you know she didn't even let Casey use that when they were on good terms which is something she probably didn't need to add in <laughs> <laughs> and so then Rebecca says well I found a bunch of sailor hats so I think like that's what they're doing for the skit something involving sailor hats she doesn't have much more intel than this And Casey and Ashley are kind of skeptical about this and just, like, want more information. Like, their mole is not moling. Mm -hmm. As far as a mole should mole. Rebecca says that there's a skit committee that's sworn to secrecy. And that's why she doesn't have much on the the skit. Franny is so crazy. I know. Like, why? Also, her past is so confusing because we, like, (laughs) know these, like, little details. Like, how she has this hairbrush from the Titanic. And then she's like being really cryptic with Evan about her past. It's like, who is she? I need like a Franny Morgan origin episode. Like we see her like start out as a small child, like inventing Anna style. Like I want to know the backstory of this grifter. A mini series. (laughs) Right. Also, I am like having this thought now, which I don't know how this is the first time that I'm having this thought. That this woman is going through, like, a multi-year-long psychological break. Yes. This is, she's obsessed with CRU Greek life in a way that is so, like, it's all-encompassing. It's all she's doing. It's all she's making her boyfriend do. It's the only thing she's putting her energy towards. What else is she doing? I know. And I would add on top of that, like, as her boyfriend, Evan, are you not concerned about this? Because they're both, I mean, maybe he's not because they're both becoming very untethered from reality. Like, yeah, Evan is completely mentally checked out this episode when we do see him. (laughs) He doesn't look quite right. And he doesn't seem to like have any idea what's going on. And then which is very unlike him. And then Franny just like, out of her gourd. Evan is just, like, letting things happen to him (laughs) at this point, like, a 1950s housewife. (laughs) And, like, it's just, like, dead-eyed going along with it and being, like, semi-evil at times, but in, like, an autopilot way. I know. Like, autopilot feelings. His autopilot is set to evil, so, like, he's not fully functioning, but he's just going through the motions of evil acts. When you mentioned inventing Anna, I do feel like Franny is kind of an Anna Delvey figure. Totally. She kind of used, I mean, because we know she's using Evan, but kind of like in the Anna Delvey story, like those rich businessmen, like weren't really checking in on things like you would expect. No. And like Evan's kind of doing the same thing. He's just kind of shelling out cash for her. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's so unsettling. I'm not going to lie to you. Inventing Franny. Franny Franny is kind of giving Harry Styles and Don't Worry Darling. (laughs) She is. I think she might have created the simulation. I I think so. 
in the basement of the alert. she's just housing tuna <laughs> oh my god Ew. yeah i feel like she's playing sims like she's like controlling everyone you know like it, it all just it, she's too smart for her own good and i think it's she's literally turning into like power hungry she's gone full dictator yeah so yeah we're back it disappears into thin air did we say that yeah but but then she's actually just behind a trash can they they catch her like sneaker it's like her running shoe (laughs) some some cracks in the foundation some kate nash cracks in their foundation (laughs) now we are on the lawn and rusty's playing football with beaver and cappy Kind of um, quite the sight to see Rusty being athletic. But then we realize it's to get his crush Andy's attention. So he he sees Andy walking down the stairs, you know, buzz cut billowing in the wind. <laughs> and um, he calls out to him to get his attention. And he gets he get, does get smacked in the face this time by the football. Um, Andy's not close enough to save it. So Andy hustles over and he starts bonding with Beaver over football. And Beaver is talking about how he came to CRU for football, but he had to s- stop playing because of an injury, which was being hung over. <laughs> Sweet Beef. Honestly, though, his head could not take no. more blows. No, fo- no more football for Beaver. Like, And honestly, he should have quit maybe four years before. Yeah. yeah, there's a 0% chance that Beaver is not suffering from CTE. Yeah, that's really what this character is all about at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way. When you think about the science of it all. The science is honestly pointing in one direction, and this is our evidence. The science of Mr. Beaver and his CTE. The hypothesis, the if-then-because. Is that what a hypothesis is? I think so. Or like a theory. I think they're both the same thing. Yeah, no, a hypothesis, I think, yeah, if then, because if Beaver is existing in this manner, then he then had a brain injury. Because <laughs> he played football. He played football in high school, even though he was a top recruit. Yeah. That makes sense. And imagine being hungover, like the brain damage of alcohol mixed with the brain damage of a traumatic, like, brain sport. Yeah. While Andy and Beaver are having their cute little athletic bonding moment, Evan pulls up in his Iron Man car and asks if Andy wants to go for a drive. And Andy clocks the car immediately. I love how they, like, drop the... I have no idea what this means. They talk about the Iron Man car all the time. Andy knows what it means, and he's very excited about it. So he kind of, like, gives a little sheepish look at the KTs and um, scurries over to Mr. Chambers and hops in his car. <laughs> scurries. I And I can't even believe... You know, I can't even imagine how Rusty must feel seeing his love run into the arms of Evan Chambers. When will it end? It's a tough blow. It is a tough blow. Evan thinks that it's very notable that the KTs are doing any sort of (laughs) physical activity, which, yeah, definitely. And he points that out. And Cappy says they're exercising because they need to stay in shape for when his mom comes to campus. And then he says, no, actually, Evan's mom is Foxy. (laughs) 
I and, like the universe where Cappy and Evan's mom get together. Yeah, that would be that would be a fun spinoff with him as Evan's stepdad. Evan's um, worst nightmare. Yeah, and Rusty, like, I mean, obviously Andy gets in the Iron Man car, and Rusty says to Cappy, "How could we even compete with that?" And Cappy's like, "We don't." And then Beaver says, "We could take him for a ride in Wade's Miata." Oh, Beaver. I love Beaver. More Beaver 2023. That's my New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is to resolve that this show writes more character development for Beaver, which they do. They do. They do. And also, I know that Wade's car probably has a ton of plastic bottles at the bottom of it. Can't you see that? And like, imagine what's in the cup holders. Right. There's like probably okay, this is Wade's car. There's definitely a bong in the back seat and like the car just kind of smells of bong water. And then it's like every surface is covered with like plastic mm-hmm. bottles, like Gatorade bottles, whatever. I didn't know what a Miata looks like and I just Googled it. It looks kind of nice. It's like a convertible. Oh okay. those Ohio drives. Those gorgeous yeah. Ohio drives. Yeah, everybody has really nice cars at CRU, it seems. At the ZVZ house, Casey and Ashley open up the skit closet and see that it is bare bones empty. All the Fashion Week skit supplies are gone. And Betsy comes up to them and she is like, oh my gosh, I thought Franny told you that she was going to take it. She said you guys gave her permission. And sweet Betsy, like, I, she really does mean well. And she is a ZBZ tried and true. But when Franny Morgan comes up to her ex-house that she is openly trying to destroy, let's ask a few more questions. Let's get a couple more opinions before we let her, even inside. Oh my gosh, yeah, and you know she was so good at, like, manipulating Betsy, too. Yeah. Mm. Casey and Ashley are livid, obviously. They march up to the icky house with smoke coming off of their heels. Franny opens the door. Rebecca appears behind her. Um, and she's saying, Fashion Week was my idea, so that's my intellectual property. So unless you want to get lawyers involved, they're like, obviously, we're not going to get lawyers involved. But, like, they say it in a way where, like, if they had the money, they would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or intellectual property. <laughs> like, that's how airtight this skit must be. Casey kind of, like, gets bitter at Rebecca. She's getting fed up with this because she's like, what the hell? Like, the girls behind them are wearing the Fashion Week costumes, rehearsing the skit, and Rebecca clearly sees this. And so she's like, you know, Rebecca, I think we should talk. Um, I think you should come back to ZBZ. And Rebecca is taken aback by this, and she's like, I think, like, you need to go touch up your roots. And <laughs> Franny loves this insult. And basically, like, that's how that ends. Casey and Ashley really don't have a leg to stand on here. There's okay. no choice. So they leave. And Casey is like mad. And they're getting annoyed at Rebecca because things are falling through. Maya's a fraud. 
the fashion week skit items were stolen and nobody knew about it like Mm -hmm. what is going on yeah and franny says i have some sailor hats you could borrow always have a plan b I also love like the when it cuts to the girls rehearsing the fashion week skit. It's like these two girls just like doing a catwalk. I'm like, what is this skit? Ramona Singer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? What's up? What's up, Rebecca? So that's kind of where we stand there. At the KT house, it's the first night of rush. Night has fallen, and Andy's rush class has arrived. Wade does the cleaver dropping it does not stick to the floor but he doesn't isn't that phased by it he's kind of tired and he says his classic if you've heard of our reputation raise your hand and if your hand is raised get out and i'm thinking like oh my gosh of course andy's been hanging out with him he doesn't mean he like knows their reputation he knows them so mm-hmm. i'm getting my heart is like getting a little a flutter at this point because ultimately I think Andy, you know, I don't love Rusty, but I don't want Andy to be an Omega Kai. No, we must protect him. Yeah, Jesse, we need to protect him. And so then um, we go to the KT backyard where the party is happening. They're waiting to see who walks through the door. Rusty is like, on edge and the doors open and two guys walk through and Andy is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised at this moment. How are you guys feeling? I was shocked. Well, I was I was shocked. Um <laughs> I I guess because I've seen it, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm thinking, did Rusty just mess with karmic synergy? Mm, and you would be right. Uh, yeah. So then we pan to the ZBZ house where Casey is like also a flutter and she's like going off from Rebecca. She's saying, I don't know if she's on her side. Like she never gave us a heads up about the fashion week items in the icky house. And she never forgave Casey for kissing Cappy. And then Mm -hmm. she says, wait a minute, whose idea was it for Rebecca to be the mole? Ashley, was it your idea? Was it Rebecca's idea? And Ashley sheepishly admits Rebecca came to her. So bad news bears. That's not looking good. They also say that they're going to be doing um, Sisterhood of the Traveling ZBZ pants as their skit. Oh, yeah. That's the skit that they Casey is complaining about having to play Blake Lively. But Ashley is very upset that she will be America Ferreira. Because this was at a time where we all had to pretend America Ferrera was ugly. Exactly. I I can't even talk about the scene where we see the skit. I oh, mean, I know. <laughs> horrific. That's like right where I start talking. <laughs> Best of luck, Thomas. Godspeed with that. And so they're like, row. we have fucked ourselves over. Franny is just using Rebecca to get more information from us. Of course, that's what's happening. God damn it. Now we're back at the KT party and Andy's having a blast, obviously. And he comes up to Rusty and Cappy and he says, like, thanks so much for giving me that tip to keep my hand down. And Cappy 
I mean, what is a ghost? <laughs> yeah, he Sick shuts down his stomach. <laughs> He, his, his, his heart just dropped out of his ass. He can't believe what he's just heard. The, the tomfoolery, the fuckery with the karmic synergy. Can't yeah. believe it. He um, says, you should go check out Omega Kai. Yeah. Also, I have two camps of thought here. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, like, I get it being like, don't do this when it's like the main thing that KT does. But also, like, how else was he supposed to get in? Like, he does right. know. And the guys do like him. Like, Beaver liked him. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, he's being very, he's being very old-fashioned in his thinking, I think. But also, it's like the blatant disrespect of the process. Yeah, and he is saying, like, well, if you like good parties, you're going to love Omega Kai. They went skydiving or whatever like at one party you know I think you'd really fit in there or whatever and this clearly rubs Andy the wrong way because it's like outwardly rude and being without saying we don't want you he's saying I don't want you here and but Rusty's so in love with this guy like just Mm -hmm. let him have this Cappy please because you know you're never gonna stop hearing about it it's Rusty you're never gonna stop hearing about it and just let him have this this frat at my college was like kind of preppy like I wouldn't say they were like omega kai level but they were definitely like one of the more preppier frats and they also did um indoor skydiving as like I remember as like a recruiting tactic rusty now livid of course storms up to cappy and he's like why are you the only one who can judge who would be a good kt pledge and he says well i disagree that andy would make a good kt pledge and he says why and he says because and he's like why and because and they go back and forth and back and forth and rusty starts like giving the hard sell on andy and he's like listing all his achievements and cappy says we don't get guys because they're gets that's an Evan Chambers move which like fair i see his point but also andy does seem cool yeah, I do think that like maybe Cappy too. I think Andy does give off kind of like a little bit of a preppy vibe. Yeah, he. I mean, he get he does give a freshman year Evan Chambers vibe. Mm-hmm. Like when we saw in the flashback, the way he was during, or not even so much because he was kind of standoffish. Yeah, I think Cappy likes like Capitas to be like true underdogs. And mm-hmm. Andy doesn't seem to have that vibe. Yeah, he's he's an up dog. He's a top dog. He's too beautiful of a soul, if you He's will. an upward-facing dog. <laughs> and Rusty's like, did I mess with karmic synergy so much so to the point where, like, he could have actually naturally been a KT and, like, I messed that up. Yeah, and that's when Kathy is like, we'll just never know. <laughs> harsh. Okay, so then- Wait, harsh, Ty way harsh tie so then we're at oh gosh we're at zbz <laughs> at night and they're doing sister out of the traveling pants casey is blake lively bridget i want to say her name was yeah um she looks cute with those extensions she does she has in her extensions from this from the freshman days episode oh yeah I think they're just reusing those, but they're making them look a little bit more homemade here. And then uh, Tibby is played by Betsy. Lena is this, like, unknown CBC, and she's, like, holding up these, like, Greek flags. Yeah. (laughs) And then Ashley is America Ferreira, and she's wearing the Ugly Betty 
outfit. Oh my god. So bad. Yeah. It was both bad and racist all at once. So I mean, I think regardless, this skit is terrible. I think it's been done differently. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants could work you know like they could have made it cute in some way but they just like did it yeah the pants that they hold up are like these huge jeans with the giant zbz on the butt like like in powder pink that glitter it's like zbz like across the back of them i know they um yeah we'll we'll um get to more sisterhood discussion in a little bit um, but next we're at the Omega Kai house and they're having their rush party and Andy shows up and he's definitely looking a bit defeated and Calvin's, you know, kind of approaching him and asking him about like how it's all going. And Andy sadly says that, you know, the one house he wanted to join doesn't even want him, but Calvin's yeah. just tearing him up. He's just like, you know, there's going to be other options. Like, you're going to have other houses that want you. And really, it's just making it seem like there's no pressure to join Omega Kai if he doesn't feel it. Mm-hmm. But Evan notices that. And he starts to get really mad at Calvin for, like, not forcing Andy to join. Also, yeah, Evan's hair is so flat and awful <laughs> in this scene. It was like, what is going on? He's physically deflating. He's literally withering away. You have to work to make this guy look bad. And I was like, whoa. I noticed that too. I noticed that. Andy at this point has left, by the way. He like, he's Calvin kind of gave him that talk and then he left because he's just like not feeling it. And that's Evan. Evan freaks out on Calvin also. Like he's actually being like very aggressive. Yeah, he comes down really hard. Well, he's mad because... Now he can't come to the icky party. That's like, who cares? And Calvin, I mean, honestly, props to Calvin here because he gives it back to Evan. He's like, you just know his resume, but not his actual, you know, personality. You don't know anything about him. And like, you just want him for the reputation. Yeah. I know. I was happy to see Calvin push back like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was proud of him. Because it was like, what the hell? We're seeing a lot more of that, I think, from Calvin, which is I'm interested to see more of because I feel like that kind of happened in the the episode with the fight. Yes. Yeah. Where he's like standing his ground. But yeah. also it's like you've been so passive this whole time. And now all of a sudden, like, this is what you're coming to that this guy that you don't even care enough to talk to more, like, isn't coming to your weird girlfriend's party. <laughs> Yeah, which wouldn't change his mind at all. Yeah, I know. It would probably, like, sway him more, so. Yeah, so then Andy's, so Andy has left. He's walking home, and he runs into Rusty, who is getting ice for the party. And he kind of tells Rusty that he thought the Omega Kais were pretty shallow. And he said, like, this is where Rusty and Andy kind of bond, because... Mm -hmm. Andy's like, I'm used to living with this label of like cool football player who like all the girls are interested in. And Rusty's like, I totally know how that feels as a public <laughs> science major. And Andy's reaction is just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and But he obviously means like no one thought that he would join a fraternity. 
Yeah, exactly. So he he makes it make sense to Andy, and it does in a way. Like they're both kind of living right. with this label. They have like the Troy Bolton you uh, know, complex. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to sing. Um, <laughs> and so Andy's like, I thought I'd just walk into a house and like just feel it. And he's like, I thought I really had that when I walked into KT. So AKA karmic synergy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at ZBZ skit is over and they're all kind of just like talking to the cast and um one of the girls yes. loved yeah, the cast of the sister of ZBZ skit and one of the girls loved it and she's like I thought Costas was so dreamy um oh Costas, aka Max Maxi I loved I loved how like self-aware this was uh, I know. And, and Casey's like, like mm, he's okay. Yeah, and Ashley's like, I wouldn't kick him out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> but Casey's like, I would have a tickle fight with him. Oh my God, right? <laughs> and it's like a group of girls. Like, it's like three girls that are like stoked on ZBZ. Yeah, they're like, I love ZBZ. Like, I, they were like kind of surprised too, especially after the Ickies were being so mean and like talking so much shit about them and then they're like oh okay like we know who that was like was that was that franny and they're like no it was um this girl who was a senator's daughter i think her last name was like hogan and so they're like that is rebecca and they literally like the energy ashley and casey have while walking into this house is like cannot be matched like they are driven to get into that icky house they once again like are levitating across the street to knock on the icky yeah door. <laughs> they like have not had a they don't even stop to discuss what they'll talk about no yeah <laughs> and it's just funny too because like ashley has these like bad like bangs on and like casey has her extensions and you could just like see their hair like blowing in the wind and so they go over in costume and they walk in, it's like fashion week themed. Rebecca and Brandy are cheersing in their like high fashion outfits. I like think e- extreme makeup. Yeah, I think Franny's supposed to be Heidi Klum. So Casey and Ashley approach Rebecca and Franny, who are just like loving this fashion night. And then they basically say like to Rebecca in front of Franny, like you're a terrible mole. Like you were feeding yeah, they out- information. Yeah. They out her in front of Franny. And Rebecca's like, the only reason I said those things was because I was standing right next to Franny, just like I am now. And Franny's just like, has this smile, like this smirk on her face. And she reveals basically that she knew, she knew for a while that Rebecca was the mole. And so she was basically giving her bad information because Rebecca didn't know that Franny knew. Yeah. At first I was like, nah, she's bluffing. She's just embarrassed. But then she knew. Yeah. She kind of unveils her plan. She's like, Maya Stewart, a theater major who needed extra cash. Titanic brush was a dupe. The real one is locked up. (laughs) Yeah, it's locked up. Yeah, because she's like, but you let me use the hairbrush. And nope. I like how that was, like, part of the, like, how could this be fake? Um, She would have a dupe for that brush. And so basically, 
Franny then like makes a little toast to everyone. She's like, hey, everybody, look how pathetic and sad this is. Like they thought they could send a spy into our house and it didn't even work. And she says, oh, wait, but also um, I thought it was so funny before she says this where Casey's like, see, Franny thought you were a bad mole too. And Rebecca's like, I'm only 19. (laughs) She's like, I'm 19. I'm not Sydney Bristow. (laughs) Oh yeah, she said, not Sydney freaking Bristow. And when I watched it really fast, I thought she said Sydney fucking Bristow. I was like, did they say fuck? (laughs) Oh my God. And isn't that alias, like Jennifer Garner? I I don't know. Then that's when I think this is also another project runway. One day you're in, one day you're out. And these girls are out. Yeah, she is. She is in Greek life. One day you're in, and the next day you're out. It's like, can you imagine if someone (laughs) said that? I would be like so embarrassed on their behalf. That's (laughs) what I was thinking this whole time because Franny is like a weird super senior. I know. Setting the scene and the tone on Greek Row. Like, I, I, this, like, a lot of shit in this show. I'm like, yeah, that happens for sure in real life. This whole episode, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know so much about that. Right. And I just can't help but, like, put myself in the shoes of someone going through that recruitment. Like, I would have been so weirded out by them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh my God. Oh weirded out by the whole story like hearing like yeah we left our sorority across the street we're trying to start a new one and like this is our weird little house that definitely was like a family home and now we're turning into a greek house like it just was it's just the whole thing is weird (laughs) yeah pay no attention to like the drunk woman in the living room (laughs) yeah franny's giving like someone who graduated high school and is like coming back for thanksgiving break and like like they're still like ruling the town they like come into the teacher classroom like oh my god so much has changed since I left (laughs) like when I was a student here it was totally different (laughs) but the three of them Ashley Casey and Rebecca leave the house like with their tails firmly between their legs that's what I was thinking too the way Rebecca is walking out of the house like she is full of shame yeah she doesn't even get her belongings somehow they've been the ones that are embarrassed by this and I'm like I guess you guys shouldn't have played into it, but this is more embarrassing for the ickies. I would, if I was a, a PNM, I'd probably be like, "I'm gonna go with neither of you." Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go be a pie side. What? Who was the other one? The tri pie. Tri pie. Uh, yeah. I was At least they have fun. Mm-hmm. Seriously. So we're back in the ZBZ house and Rebecca's eating some cheeseritos and she's just like really upset. And she's sitting on the couch alone in the living room and Casey approaches her and is like, you know, I wanted to trust you, but our history really made us like, it made me not trust you essentially. And she's like, that's exactly why I wanted you to trust me or why I, w- like, I was trying to prove myself to you. Yeah, this was so sweet and <laughs> genuine. Because she says, I remember you sticking your neck out for me. Yeah. Egan. Exactly. And she's like, Rebecca's like, I think I know why I got caught. It's because after the late party, Franny asked which room she wanted. And she said she didn't care. And Casey's like, that's true. You are kind of bitchy about things like that. Yeah. And she's like, I know. I don't know what I was thinking. It was a moment of weakness. And then she says, I'm sorry about your roots. And we're, Casey's like, oh, I know you were just like saying that. She's like, no, I'm actually sorry about your roots. Like, because they don't look good. They're like doing digs back at each other after this sweet moment, but like in a playful 
manner now. Yeah, even the even the fat shaming comment here is I think meant to be plain like playful, but it's just like once again, like they have to really go below the belt. Yeah. But then Casey does start eating the cheeseritos with her. So yeah. I feel like there's a burgeoning friendship here and I'm really excited for it. They both want it. Mm-hmm. I know I want it. I think also Rebecca is like so cute in this episode. We're ready for it. Rebecca is cute in this episode. She's just like so like she's trying so hard. Yeah, which is like fun to see her do that. Right. To see her care. Exactly. And so then back at the Capitao house, they're going through like Pickle's like holding it one of those digital cameras and they have it like connected to their TV. Freaking Pickle. So they're looking through like the photos because I guess he was hired or I guess his role was to, like, take photos of the guys they were interested in. And, like, their photos are so bad, but they basically stop on this bald guy. And Cappy's like, we have to have him. Like, he's bald. And I think this is also where Cappy is kind of going for, like, that underdog approach. He's like, he's such a yeah. fun character. We can call him Q-Ball. We can just I rub know. his head for good luck. He says, he's like, he must have been, he said he went bald at 12. He must have been mocked ruthlessly for it. I want to name him Q-Ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, that's like the maybe the worst nickname, but at least he would be accepted by the Capitals. Mm-hmm. And then Anthony Hopkins is an option too. And he's like, mm-hmm. every day someone references Silence of the Lambs and he laughs every time. And then Andy comes up, Jesse McCartney himself. And Cappy's like, we got to skip ahead. Yeah. And Rusty's like, no, please. Like, I want to fight for him and he apologizes to everyone he also admits i think to everyone here that he did tell Mm -hmm. him about the cleaver the cleaver drop that's what the word i was trying to think of and he's he apologizes to everyone and he's like andy really shouldn't have to pay for his mistake and which is true it's rusty's mistake Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and he also like tells everybody he really wants to call him andy licious (laughs) yeah he's like and we could call him and delicious or something cooler <laughs> yeah and so they vote and they decide to let andy in yeah and cappy's even on board except for like there are like a few um kts in the front row really overacting by how much they're not raising their hand <laughs> yeah oh gosh um some people just don't want him but yeah then we're on we're at bid day and they only have 20 pledges uh so they do have to do snap bids the zbz's yeah the zbz so this is like in front of the zbz house and i think like this girl walks up and it's like ashley's like oh well at least we got debbie gibson or like sweet (laughs) little debbie it's like because she's like wearing kind of like bad clothes yeah No, I think they were saying that she dresses like very 80s. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, it does look very 80s. And Debbie Gibson's like an 80s singer. So that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And um, they're both just in very like, like sad spirits, Casey and Ashley. But that's when Casey says like, oh, well, like we'll just have to do snap bids. Like, Casey's trying to be optimistic. Yeah, and Rebecca approaches, and Rebecca, like, brings these two girls that, I guess we're rushing Icky over. No, no, it's the girls that they had been talking to. Oh, from the sisterhood skit night? Yes. yes. She basically got them to accept the bid for ZBZ. 
and she mm-hmm. stole the Titanic brush. So she comes over, they're like, and this like starts to raise Casey and Ash's spirits. And Casey also loves the brush. She starts brushing her own hair, like in a very aggressive way. Well, they are waving to Franny across the street. Like they catch Franny's eye at the Icky house and she's very dramatically brushing her hair with the brush. I can't believe Franny didn't run over. She like assaulted Casey at that one sleepover night. Yeah. Like step into the circle. Oh, she's not going to come get her property. But yeah, Franny's like looking, she's looking at them from across the street. Her hair is maybe a little bit like tussled and I don't know yeah, if that's it is. intentional. It's not brushed. <laughs> it looks like messy. <laughs> it's not brushed. <laughs> and she wouldn't so, dare use the dupe on herself. She, yeah. she has to use the real one that young Leo used. Yeah. And so then the new KT pledges are being introduced at the Capital House. There's like this big party and they introduced Anthony Hopkins and Cue Ball and they were waiting for Andy, but he hasn't shown. But then just when you least expect it, he arrives. Oh, but because, and, but right before Rusty says, I thought it was for real. Oh. <laughs> their love his rush crush and so Cappy's like go for it like go introduce your pledge which I think is like a really big moment for Rusty too because he's like I'm an active now yeah mm-hmm. and he's also like gobstopped when Andy walks in he's like oh. like it's is like prom night moment descending yes. the stairs in his Cinderella story yeah oh my gosh I just this is so funny that we were talking about that because on the Cinderella story soundtrack mm-hmm. McCartney sings the song that Hillary Duff enters to it's like oh my God. the best yes. day of my life I did illegally download that song when I was in middle school because I loved it so much and that's I, right how that's did right I not too. think of that song before like I actually sometimes still listen to that song like as of recently like probably like a year or two ago I just like organically listened to that <laughs> No, that was that's a banger. That's got to be my favorite Jesse song. Also, because I love that movie. I love that movie too. Um, so yeah, Rusty introduces him as Andy Licious, and everyone's kind of like, uh. and then Andy's like, or something cooler. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then it's it fades to black. Show the names. Play that happy song. <laughs> Wish I could tell you there's a twist. Miley Stewart, Maya Stewart. <laughs> um, great sode. I loved this sode. It was very savage, brothers, if you will. It was very Fred Savage. <laughs> I f- this was so Fred Savage. The auteur. <laughs> um, okay, winners and losers. Um, I think my winner is Calvin. Ooh. I feel like he just handled Andy potentially not picking Omega Kai really well. And he was just like genuinely a good friend first, which was nice. He and he also called st- out Evan for being a nice. Good. Yeah. Get up and a little bit, which like would love to see more Evan pushback as Evan <laughs> travels further and further away from reality. Um, I think that will become more necessary. And yeah, I just thought it was a good showing from Calvin. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say Calvin was also my initial response. I just really liked how he stood up to Evan. He was he was nice to Andy and like he just like seemed to be a bit more sure of himself this episode. We didn't see any like Calvin antics. 
Mm-mm. My winner is Rebecca. I liked that she was really stepping up to the plate and wanted to prove herself to Casey. Like, genuinely, she put her best foot forward. She did what she could. She was up against Goliaths. Like, Franny is a mastermind, and now they're mine. You know? Yeah. That's the way that cookie crumbles. But she did what she could with what she was given. Losers? I'm going to go Evan. I know I keep saying it, but, like, the boy is down bad. He was tied for me um, because of his hair. Right. But I didn't think we, for me personally, saw enough of him. But no, I support you having him as your loser. We didn't see enough of him, but I, every time I did see him, it's a feeling of impending doom, if you will. Yeah, I for sure. Know, I know worse is on the horizon with him. Like, yeah. Or our unsteady waters brewing. Yeah, we're gearing up. We're gearing up. Yeah, it's about to be like really dark with Evan and the Evan X Franny collab is just getting worse and worse by episode. Yeah, I think sadly my my loser for this ep is Cappy just because I thought it was like kind of immature the way he was like treating a freshman like. I support that. He was kind of outwardly mean a little bit to Andy. Yeah, he was really quite mean, I think. And I think he was jealous. I think you were right when you Uh, said he was jealous that Rusty was like infatuated with someone that wasn't him, which is, you know. It's hard because I feel like there's two sides of it. Like, I do think genuinely Andy, like, is potentially not really a capital. Like, I think he likes the idea of it, but I just think fundamentally his personality is pretty different than those guys. And I think Cappy might see that, but I also do think there's a big part of it that is like a weird jealousy and like protectiveness over Rusty. That was a fun one. This is a good shaping up to be a great back half of the season. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I already watched the next episode, and I gotta say, it's a doozy. Mm, I can't wait. Next week. Um, And thanks for joining us on this fun down memory lane. XOXO.